This is the Beyond the Story podcast, a show that goes way beyond the story. And now, Sebastian Frost! Austin, welcome to the show, brother. Looking forward to being here, man. Hey, looking forward to having you here, man. I'm glad we uh, had an opportunity to connect. First time we connected was on Zoom. We're back on Zoom again. Welcome to the future, right? I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I had, uh, when I heard you speak um, a few, few weeks back, I had heard of you before. I think somebody tagged you in a post and said they were making some really solid real estate moves with you. And I'm like, this is a guy that I want to get on the show and get to know better. And just so happened you popped up as the next speaker um, that, that morning after I was done. And I, <laughs> as luck would have it on here. So it's good to, uh, to connect here. I was really intrigued. Uh, by your story and what you're up to uh, in the world of real estate, what you've actually been able to build. So, want to want to dive uh, you know into that. And before we do all that, though, let's let's back up a little bit. Want to add some context and help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you. So let's let's back up and and talk kind of about the backstory uh, for for a few and what really brought you to to present day with what you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, my my original dream was, was to be an NBA basketball player. You know, that that was the goal. Um, you know, things didn't work out. After high school, I went to Arizona to play at a prep school, uh, fell out of love with the game with basketball and uh, ended up with a book in my hand called Thinking Grow Rich. That led me to the idea of passive residual income. That led me down the rabbit hole of real estate and owning rental properties. Um, ended up buying my first uh, duplex when I was 20 years old, uh, flipped my first house at 22 years old, uh, made $107,000 net profit on that first deal four days after my 22nd birthday, uh, reinvested every single penny back into the business. Um, I just turned 30. You know, We've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals um, on about $25 million of real estate today. Um, and the cool thing about it is I've been able to do all that using other people's money. So it's uh, a little bit of backstory on, on the real estate side. I love it. A quick question about the basketball stuff. What what brought you to, you know what? I don't love this anymore. <sighs> Man, I get asked that a lot. So I was, I was second in points, first in rebounds, first in steals, first in rebounds, first in assists. So like I was, I was, I was playing well. And uh, I just got to the point like where I, I think I just got burned out. Like I just, I didn't even want to touch a basketball. Like the games used to be fun. I didn't even want to play in the games. And I think I think it was just burnout, honestly. You know, I was I was the guy like basketball is my life. Like I would work yeah. out two, three times a day. Um, and I think I just I just got burned out by it. It also led you to what was next, too. Agreed. Everything happens for a reason. I think a lot of lessons I learned in basketball helped me in the game of real estate because like again, I was, it was my life. Two, three day, two, three times a day I was working out. When I fell in love with real estate, I was all in. Like I'd work 18, 20, 22 hour days and not even blink at it. And then also the competition side, you know, in entrepreneur, in the entrepreneur space, like it's, it's winning and losing and I'm trying to be the winner. Yeah, absolutely. So you bought and sold your first piece of real estate at 20 years old. It's pretty remarkable. Um, I did it at 25, but that was just buying a house and then selling it. Um, you know, in the, in 2005, I was like, I did it in my twenties. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable at your twenties. Walk me through that process. Cause most people look at a real estate transaction as a very daunting task. Cause most people are living either paycheck to paycheck. They have a W2 job, whatever the case is, but a lot of your success, a majority of from what you've talked about has been because of being able to leverage other people's money. Some would call it OPM. So walk me through how that first initial deal actually happened. Yeah, no, great question. Uh, OPM's a game changer. I, I, so I kind of say I had like two starts. So my my first deal ever was 20 years old. I fell, in the, I fell in love with the idea of passive residual income. So real estate, owning rental properties. 
So I went out and I bought a duplex at 20 years old. It's the only deal I've ever bought. We call it turnkey. We bought it already stabilized and rented, and I put a 20% down payment. So at the time, I had about $30,000 saved from you know uh, cutting grass, shoveling driveways, flipping uh, candy, flipping Buckeye necklaces. So I was just making money as a kid. So I had the 30000 saved. I just used that as a down payment. It's the only way I knew how to do real estate at the time. And then I did it. And I'm like, man, if I want to own more property, like I need to make money faster. Because like I did one deal in 20 years. Like I want to buy a lot more than that. And then that's what kind of led me down the route of OPM. You know, I, I found someone, um, hired them as a coach. They taught me how to flip houses using other people's money. Um, so that that was the next stage. So when I bought into that program, it took me 16 months to make my first penny in real estate. Um, and it was 10 months of marketing to find that first deal. Um, and it was a $74,000 purchase and $170,000 rehab. So it was a massive rehab. We put on a 600 square foot addition. Uh, it was a very big project, even to this day. Um, and really kind of what gave me the confidence, one is like the education, um, understanding private money, like actually learning about it. And then the construction side, you know, I I put it under contract contingent on an inspection. Um, and then I had contractors out to the property to bid the job to make sure that my numbers were my, my thoughts were aligning with their thoughts. And, um, you know, they were. And luckily, I was able to raise two hundred forty four thousand uh, dollars from somebody I met at a networking event a year prior, uh, which was amazing. They ended up funding the deal. And um, that's kind of how that first deal came together. There was a lot of a lot of lessons learned. But, you know, like everybody says, the, the best way to learn is by taking action. Yeah, absolutely. So you would go find the deal, structure the deal, and then go identify the investor that was looking for deals. Yeah. So I always get that question. It's like, do I get the deal or do I get the money first? Yeah. A good deal will always find the money. So, but you should be doing both at the same time. You know, we say you should dig your well before you're thirsty. You should find the lenders before you need the money for the deal. Um, so we do both at the same time at all times. Um, so I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's doing both. And then the cool thing is like, if you've already built that relationship, you know, you've explained private money. Um, you told them about the opportunity. They said, yes, I'm in, you know, I have 200 grand. Let me know when the next opportunity comes. And then you go out and you get the deal. Then it's a very easy way uh, to cross yeah. the bridge. So that that's how we raise now. We already have the lenders. We already have the relationships and then we go and get the deals and then we connect the two. Um, but, you know, at the beginning, uh, you should be doing both from day one. Uh, but again, like you have to know private money to be able to raise private. Uh, because like early on, I got questions like, all right, what happens if I give you the money and you walk out and get hit by a truck and die walk crossing the street? Like what happens to my money? And I was like, it's a good question. I don't know that answer. And they didn't lend me the money, rightfully so. So like you have to know the game uh, to be able to give somebody the confidence uh, to invest with you. And so what is the game? <laughs> um, I mean, this can go down a million different rabbit holes. Of course, if we could just, you know, Reader's Digest 30,000 foot perspective, just for the the novice in the crowd to, to understand. Yeah. So here, here's the, the simplest um, thing to understand with private money. Most people think that uh, I'm asking somebody to invest in me when I try to raise private money. It's the complete opposite. I'm giving somebody an opportunity of a lifetime to invest with me. So when you have that mindset that you're giving somebody a solution, that you're giving somebody an opportunity to invest with you, it's a much simpler conversation. And the reason why you're doing that is because if you think about it, if people have money invested in the stock market back in 2020, they had a million dollars, they were getting ready to retire. And then the market crashes. Now they have 600, 700 grand. Guess what? They got to work another two, three, four years. And if on average, the um, the stock market goes up seven, 8% a year, they got to work like another 10 years just to recoup that money. 
So like life changing moment that happens right there. But the variable is people that had money with me, they didn't lose a penny and they still made 10% every single year, even when the market was down. So it's like, you can't tell me another place where you can get an investment where you have a personal guarantee from the owner of the company, where you have an insurance policy in case something happens, the house burns down. You have a collateral asset at 75 cents on the dollar. So even if the market crashes 25%, you're still net positive and you can earn a double digit return. It doesn't exist. There's no investment in the world that you can do that except for real estate. So that's why you have to believe and understand that you're giving somebody an opportunity to invest with you. But then, you know, you've had to build this infrastructure over the past you know decade of being able to say, okay, this is what my offering is, and this is why I believe in my heart of hearts that this is the best opportunity that any investor that I come in contact with is going to come across at all on there. So being able to to structure that. So let's just hypothetical. Let's just let's throw the hypothetical ball around, pun intended. Um, just, uh, j- just for a minute here, I got, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a new business owner. Uh, I've got, I had a good year and I've got, uh, 10, $15,000 that I want to invest into something. Yeah. Um, where do I start? Um, so, uh, so for me, so I'm going to answer it two different ways. If I'm okay. trying to raise money from somebody, it's very hard to invest 10, $15,000. Usually it starts at like 25 to $50,000 minimum because you're buying houses for 50, 100, 200 grand. You need, you know, substantial money to do it. So raising money, um, it's just, it's, it's probably not um, enough money to invest passively. But what I would say, like I, I tell everybody, you don't have to make your money in real estate, but once you make your money, put it into real estate. Uh-huh. So I chose to make my money in real estate and I also invest my money into real estate. But if you're a business owner and you're able to generate revenue, find a way to place that money into real estate because that's how true wealth is built. So um, if somebody's two ways people are trying to do real estate. They're trying to do it passively or they're trying to do it actively. If you're like, hey, I'm broke, you know, I'm trying to go all in on real estate and do what I did and build a whole business out of real estate, you know, hire somebody that understands the game and put the money into marketing because the deal flow is where the opportunity comes from. The only way you get deal flow is through marketing. So that's one way people come in. The other way is like, hey, you know, I'm I'm successful. I have some money. I have a business that's generating some cash and I want to start buying rental properties to help build wealth and longevity. What I say for that is my strategy is called the Burr method. So buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. So you can buy these houses at a discount, renovate them, and then refinance out, stabilize them, and then refinance out of them. Um, and like, let's say the example I give, like if you're buying a house today, turnkey for two hundred grand, meaning that it's it's renovated, it's got a tenant in it, and it cash flows day one for two hundred thousand dollars. Typically, you have to put a twenty five percent down payment onto the property, so you got to put fifty thousand of your money down. The variable with the Burr model, you buy a property distressed, let's say for 100 grand, you put 50 grand into it. So you're in for $150,000 and then it's still worth 200 grand. And then you refinance that with the bank and the bank will give you 75% back out. So I'm in for 150 plus some closing costs and some interest. Let's call it 160. And then the, it appraises at 200. The bank gives me back 150. So I only have to keep $10,000 of my money into the deal. So instead of having to put 50 grand in, I only have to put 10 grand in. So my money goes a lot longer. Love that. I remember you mentioned that, but I didn't know what the acronym st- stood for when I first heard it. What is it? <laughs> the, the Burr method? Is that what it is? Yep. Burr, Burr method. Yep. Burr method. Okay. So what about these uh, real estate syndicates that seem to be popping up all over the place where you can, you know, you, just, you know, give us 10 grand and you know, pick up a check quarterly. What, what, what's going on with all those things? 
Yeah. So there's, there's two different ways uh, to invest. One's just private money deal by deal. And the other one is to invest into a fund through a syndicate. Right. And the way that I raise money is I raise it through deal by deal, because what happens is when I borrow the money, they get a mortgage on the property and they get a personal guarantee on their investment. So it's a lot um, more collateralized than the syndicate side, Um, but they don't have equity in the deal. They only get interest uh, payments paid out. So it's, it's a lot more quote unquote safe and they still get a decent return uh, interest-wise. Over here on the syndicate side, the model's slightly different. You don't get a personal guarantee and you don't get a mortgage. So if a deal goes south and loses money, you as the lender lose money. Over here on the private money side, deal goes south, the owner loses money, the lender is still pay, uh, needs to be paid in full based on their investment. Um, the reason people, obviously more risk over here, but the reason people do it is because one, they get what's called a preferred return, meaning that the first 10% of profits that come in go to the investors. But let's say there's only 5% that come in. They only get 5%. And anything over that, then they split, right? The other side is, is that they usually get a piece of the deal, meaning they get you know a percent or a couple percent of the deal. So as the property goes up in value over time, um, they get a piece of that appreciation as well. So arguably, there's a little bit more upside on the syndicate, um, but there's also a lot more risk and downside. Over here, it's a passive cash flow play, um, not as much upside, but a lot more uh, safe on the investment side. If you, if you, but the key for any of this is that you're lending to the right people. Like if you're lending to somebody who has no idea what they're doing, um, you know, and they overpay for a property, like it's it's not a good situation, no matter how you invest. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. What would you say the worst part of your job is? And I, it's definitely not a job because you're a business owner and investor, and you've built quite the the empire. What's the worst part about it, though? Um, I hate losing money. On okay. Deals. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> short of losing money. What's the, <laughs> yeah. um, the worst part. Um, I, I mean, when, when you're doing real estate deals, um, there's a lot of moving pieces. You have to work with buyers, sellers, title companies, lenders, contractors, tenants, city municipalities, utility companies, there's just a whole lot of people involved. Um, and it's just a lot of moving pieces that you have to line up correctly um, to get a deal done. So that's that's a, a headache, but it's just it's just part of the game. And outside of the wealth building, what's the best part? Uh the wealth building. It's <laughs> the freedom. You know, like yeah. a lot of people buy for cash flow. Um, but usually at, at very early on in real estate, there's not a significant amount of cash flow. But once you get five, 10 years into owning real estate, it's 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 a game changer because you're you're paying your debt down, the property's going up in value, rent's increasing, your expenses are fixed, so your margin keeps getting bigger, the cash flow goes up. It's it's a it's a no-brainer long term. But the problem is people will have a hard time seeing that long-term outcome when they're investing today and not seeing a massive ROI today. So like I flip a house, two hundred thousand dollar house. I flip it, you know, let's say I make 40 grand in profit today, right? Good day, $40,000 check, like that's a win. But if I kept that property over the next 25 years and I don't have the, the spreadsheet in front of me, but I, but I would probably make 600 grand on that one house over the next 25 years. So it's like, you know, do you want 40 today or do you want 600 grand? And a lot of people take the 40 today, which at the beginning of your career, you have to because you need to make money. But at some point, you need to play the wealth game as well. So you're not chasing money and deals for the rest of your life. Delayed gratification. 100%. 100%. <laughs>
You uh, get out on the basketball court all these days? Yeah, we play pickup every once in a while. Um, I didn't play for a long time once I uh, got out of it because I hated it. Um, but I still like to, I, I like the competitive side of things now. Yeah, I'm terrible at the game of horse on the on the basketball, basketball. court. I'm not, <laughs> not, not really a, a basketball guy. I, I remember always having a basketball hoop at my house as a kid. And of yeah. course, we played horse. Uh, and I went to basketball camp and I had Jordans and I swore those were going to make me know how to play basketball, but it yep. wasn't really, wasn't really best, but I love my Miami heat. I absolutely love my beloved Miami heat. I don't know about this, this year, but I'm not a fair weather fan. I'm like, don't we have the same team we had last year that went to the finals? Like what's going on here? So uh, not looking promising. <laughs> no, it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. So uh, what are you excited about for 2024 time? We're recording this right now. We literally just started a brand new year here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest goals is uh, to double my uh, real estate portfolio. So buy buy a lot more real estate. Uh, double. Aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive. Uh, I think it's possible. You know, it's yeah. continuing what we're doing, but also adding in uh, the commercial side. Bigger deals, warehouses, um, large multifamilies, all those things. Um, then the other thing is uh, to grow on social media. You know, I, I got to say, it's like eyeballs is currency. You know, every single business that I operate and revenue stream that I have, can all win if it starts up here at the, so like something I asked my group um, uh, last week, it was like, what's the one thing that changes everything. And the one thing for me is if I can have a million more people know who I am, yeah. then everything else wins beneath that. So that that's the, that's the big driver as well. You know, try to add value to as many people as possible and uh, you know, continue to grow on the, on the social media space. You should start a podcast. I know a guy. <laughs> Agreed. It's it's on the list for this year, but it's been on the list for like two years. So uh, it, it's it's a necessity for sure. I have arrived. I am here, Austin. <laughs> I was sent directly to you. Uh, how can people learn more about what you do? Um, I know you uh, had some 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 resources you you gave out to the group in North Carolina as well. Too want to make sure we provided those same resources to our audience as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one social media, um, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Austin Rutherford on all the platforms. Um, I respond to my DMs on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, want to connect, shoot me a DM on there. Um, and uh, I have a book called uh, How to Get Free Houses. So it talks about the Burr model and raising money. Um, so if you go to howtogetfreehouses.com, um, you can get a copy of that. And uh, if you want to learn how to raise private money, use privatemoney.com. It's $27 and you get everything that I know about private money. I love all that. We're going to include both of those links in the show notes. That's the description of this podcast episode. In case you're wondering what in the world a show note is. Uh, Austin, I really imp- appreciate your time, man. I've enjoyed this conversation on here. Any final thoughts for our listeners on the world of real estate? Yeah. I, the thing I always say is like, the, the when people want to start real estate, it's like the fear. The fear sets in, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if I look like an idiot? What if I lose money? What if, what if, what if, what if? And the, the biggest thing that you have to understand is real estate is not an if game. It's a win game. Real estate has been proven time and time and time and time and time again. So if you take the right actions, it's when does real estate work, not if real estate works. So anybody who's sitting on the sideline with the fear, think that, think when, not if, and start taking action. Those are phenomenal final thoughts. Thanks again for your time, my brother. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Appreciate the opportunity. You got it, man. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Beyond the Story podcast. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. Be sure to appreciate it. Signing off from the podcast, launchlab.com studios. We'll talk to you next time.